This is a Saturday morning. This is Sabbath for me. Um, I hope everybody is doing all right. I just wanted to create another episode and stay consistent with this. So this is episode three for my audio podcast. And I'm not sure what episode it is for my actual YouTube. And for those who are interested in going to my YouTube, my YouTube page name is Pretty Girl Podcast. Um, You can Google that. And we're just going to go ahead and get started. Um, First and foremost, I apologize for such a a long hiatus. Um, I think my last episode was in July of last year, 2021. And just as a quick recap, my grandmother passed um, in October of last year. And my grandfather on my father's side passed on December 6th of last year. And right after that episode that I shot and recorded, like... My life got a little rocky for a little bit and, um, you know, I had to get, I had to ground myself and really just focus on what was important, you know, like work and family and taking care of myself. And so I do apologize for being away for so long. It was definitely not my intent. So we're just going to get started with a word of prayer because I want to start doing that. I like that. So... Just bow your heads with me. Father God, I thank you for another beautiful day. I thank you for another day where I have my health and my mind, and I'm sober as far as my thoughts and my emotions, and I am at peace, and I give you all the glory for those things. I thank you for the fact that my family is healthy and happy and able to live and move and do the things that we need to do, Lord God, without too much resistance and too much pain and too much turmoil, Lord God. I thank you for that, and I am grateful for your grace and for your spirit and for your power, Lord God. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your hedge of protection, Lord God, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that it gives me peace and us peace, Father God. Whenever we need it, it's like, you know, we can dial you up in prayer, Father, and you're always right there. And I thank you for your support spiritually. And I thank you for your forgiveness and your spirit, Lord God. And I just ask that you continue to be with our listeners and our viewers, Father God, and you will work and have your way in me, Father God, in spirit, heart, and mind. And that I will say the things that you would have for me to say, Lord God, that you would approve of, Lord God. I pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Touch the hearts of our listeners, touch the minds, and Lord God, give us clarity. Give me clarity, Father God, as I continue to do these things. And I pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, our topic of conversation is... The 10 reasons why people end up unhappy in relationships. And I just came up with this this morning when I woke up. You know, I've been thinking for the past week or so what this podcast is going to be about. I don't spend a whole lot of time planning beforehand. This is just me speaking from the heart. Um, Again, I do apologize for being so late. And my posting, I was supposed to post at first um, about a week and a half ago, and that's when I made the Instagram post, but I got strep throat, like, literally, like, two days after I made that post, and so, and then I lost my voice, and I was hoarse, and so I was like, I'm not gonna try to record this, and I, I sound a mess, and I feel a mess, so, let me just wait it out, Lord, forgive me for that, um, I do apologize, so we're just gonna get right into it here.
Reason number 10 <clears throat> as to why people end up unhappy in relationships. I say people get into relationships in the hope to escape their anxiety about being alone. How can you ever have peace together if you have never experienced peace by yourself? And I think this is important. And I think a lot of times when we enter relationships, we enter relationships with different aspirations that um, oftentimes are, I guess, somewhat of a solace from our current emotional state. We automatically assume that we're gonna have a better and happier experience with somebody in comparison to the experience that we're having alone. And I think that is like um, something that we oftentimes overlook. You automatically assume that I'll always be happier over here where I think you know, I want to be in this situation with this person that I, I really have never had any experience with. And I would just encourage you to be careful with that mindset and really explore your goals and your reasons for being with this person in the first place. And hopefully it has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, you just don't want to be alone or you see other people in relationships and you aspire towards that for that reason. And it's more of a um, fantasy um, as to why you aspire towards these things rather than an innate connection that you feel to this relationship or this person that keeps you there or draws you there. Number nine, your reasons for entering the relationship are not in line with your partner's reasons. So you value different things from the beginning and end up growing apart. I see this a lot. Um, I don't really think we take enough time to take a good look at people's relationship as far as like the quality of the relationship before we just aspire towards the the positive and you know the desirable aspects of a relationship we don't really know what experience these people are having of course nobody that I know of is going to run to social media with their arguments and with their conflict and with the problems that they have. Everybody are, tends to create somewhat of a highlight reel, you know, around the holidays or, you know, the family photos and the boot up moments when you're in whatever, you know, geographical point on vacation. People tend to post those things, but you really have no idea about how good of a job this person or these people are doing at accommodating each other or how they're doing at meeting each other's needs or how they're doing at communicating. It's just like everybody puts their, you know, best foot forward in terms of, you know, presenting a united front um, and looking happy on camera and having a good time and making it look like everything's okay. But like as quiet as it's kept, everybody has problems. I don't care who it is. I don't care how happy you've been or how long you've been together. Like everybody has problems. And to me, the quality quality of the relationship is predicated on those individuals ability to handle conflict and problem solve and still maintain that level of high chemistry and love and respect for the other person without crossing the boundaries of the relationship. And so, like I said, when you're not on the same page, starting out 
and you're entering a relationship with a person without communicating those core values and those morals and the desire or discover the mutual desire or lack of mutual desire to get towards the same destination in the end it's like you know where are you two really truly going excuse me number eight say your expectations for your partner are not aligned with their personal goals for themselves and i think this is a really big one like we tend to, when I say we as human beings is what I mean, like we tend to project our desires and our needs and what we want on the other person without really consulting with them. We force our will oftentimes on the other person or vice versa, that other person forces their will on us in one way or another. And it causes a conflict and it, it can bring you to a state of you know, just not even knowing or understanding even why you're with this person anymore. Um, Because it's like, you're always doing what the other person wants, or they're always doing what you want. And it's like, it creates a a sense of um, resentment. It's like, this person is not with you because of who you are. They're with you because of who they think you can be to them. And like I said, I, I can't speak and I won't try to speak for anybody, but when I'm speaking for myself, I know how unhappy that would make me because I have a pretty strong identity, you know, pretty strong sense of identity. I know who I am. I know what I want. And, and so when I'm in relationship with somebody, it's important to me that that other person knows who they are and that they know what they want for themselves and not just what they want from me. Like, I've discovered that the majority of the time, the people who have the most aspirations for the other person, they tend to be pretty insecure people who have not seen a lot of or created a lot of accomplishment for themselves. You have not been through enough growth processes. You You don't have that strong sense of confidence. And so I guess in some people's minds, it's easier to control another person than it is in comparison to trying to control yourself. And so you, you spend the majority of your time trying to change the other person and trying to turn them into the version that, uh, the version of that person that you think they need to be. And there is compromise in relationships. <clears throat> there is change that's necessary in relationships, but you should never be trying to change that person into a version that you feel like is adequate. If you can't accept that person 100% for who they are right now, then you, in my opinion, just frankly shouldn't be there. Just keeping it on 100 with you. Like, there is no guarantee that that person is ever gonna wake up one day and be who you want them to be. Like, And aside from that, have you ever questioned as to whether or not you are the version of yourself that they want you to be? Because that's a two-way street if you're going to play that game. And nine chances out of ten, I'm sure your partner could find something wrong with you in comparison to their expectations and their desires for you. Like, do you really love and have a desire to be with the person that you're with? Or is your true desire for that person to become what you want them to be? 
and I'll leave it at that and just kind of move forward here. Number seven, so your desires and expectations for your ideal relationship is distorted. Your fantasies, your reality, your morals, your values are not balanced as a person. Therefore, anything you touch will resemble that internal confusion and conflict. Too many romance movies basically influence people's way of thinking about relationships. I I, I can't help but notice, like, because I'm a big movie buff. Like, I like movies. I like um, binge-watching Netflix series and things like that. And you, can, I can see the connection oftentimes of the happenings in certain individuals' relationships and the things that happen in these movies, the things and the highlights people have in these movies and the things and highlights that people highlight in real life on social media. Like, it, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a, it's weird <laughs> to me. It's like... I feel like people are just an actor in a one big movie in terms of a lot of these relationships. It's just like, you're just going through the motions. You're just here, you know, well, I need a bae and you know, you're supposed to be married and you're supposed to have 2.5 kids and you just, just start going through the motions of doing these things. And it's not because you feel connected to this person. It's not because this person is really right for you. Cause you don't even probably have any idea of what that is. It's because you want to fit into these social norms. You know, you're it, you're approaching 30 or you're 30 plus or whatever, you're a female. And so it's like, okay, well, I need to be a wife. I need to be a husband. I need to be this. I need to be that. And people have these whole lives where it's like on one side, you got the nuclear family, you got the house, you got the car, you got the career. But then when we take a closer look, you got a side chick, you got a side dude, y'all, you know, you and your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is, really don't like each other that much. You really don't spend too much quality time together. You don't talk much. But on when that camera is on, when that camera is rolling, you're everything that other people would expect you to be. And it's just like, it's, um, it's, it's pretty toxic. Um, so many people aspire towards loving a version of their partner that their partner will never become. And of course I got a verse, you know, I always take my time to make sure I'm in line with what, you know, is being said in the word. And so what I got here is Matthew 18, Matthew 15 and 18, excuse me. So this says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. From out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defile of not a man. And so ultimately the gist of the verse is saying that the desires of a person ultimately will confound the relationship that you have with them. And I believe that that is very, very true. Like a person's integrity or lack of integrity ultimately determines the quality of your relationship. And if it's to say that a man is leading the relationship, wherever the heart of that man is, is basically going to tell you 
where your relationship is going to be or not be five, eight, 10, 11 years down the line. Because if he doesn't, if his heart is not right in the first place, be it that that's the guide, that is where life flows from. Then ultimately, how, what do you have in that man? Even if you have the relationship, you have the title, you have the ring, you have the kids, the heart of that man or that woman too, both of them together, ultimately will define the strength and the trajectory of that relationship at the end of the day. And so it's like, you can fool everybody else. You can turn the camera on, you could, you know, fake the funk, you can have the whole united front, but at the end of the day, are you truly happy with the person that you're with in a way that's gonna satisfy you, in a way that you can live with? And so, I want to encourage people to really just turn the TV and the camera off because at the end of the day, hopefully you're making a decision to choose to be with somebody that does a really great job at loving you and that does a really great job of caring for you as well as themselves, you know, and that does a really great job of respecting you because it's, it's in my mind, like if none of those things are true, then ultimately why are you there? You know, what is the point of being with this person just because of how it looks, just because of the validation that you might get from your friends or your family or whoever? Since when has external validation become more important than internal satisfaction is my question. Because they're not the same thing. You can have internal validation, I'm sorry, internal satisfaction from being with the right person if nobody ever saw it. If you never took another selfie or posted another picture on social media or if nobody ever knew about it, it is possible for you to be happy in your house and for you to live happily ever after and have a functional private relationship, but the opposite is not true. It is not possible to just live for the validation and for the approval of other people when you are not happy in your house. At the end of the day, if you are laying next to and waking up with a partner you have a dysfunctional connection to, who really is getting happiness from them? How is that serving you? Just honestly, why would you ever settle for someone? <clears throat> because that is settling. Why would you ever be willing to settle for someone that just looks good on paper? Why would you ever be okay with stepping in a marriage into commitment or to a soul tie or a relationship, whatever you want to call it, with a person who doesn't satisfy you on a spiritual level? on a romantic level, on a moral level, on a peace level? Like, why have you ever questioned your reasons for entering a relationship with people who aren't right for you? And I know I touched on this in my last video a little bit. How often do you take a good senses of your decisions? in terms of the people that you choose to connect with and you choose to surround yourself with? Or do you just go through the motions and just, oh, we're just, well, we've been, we've been friends for years, or we work together, we just, do you just, how often have you gone with the flow just cause? 
But I don't want to get too far ahead. Food for thought, of course. Said, um, number six, you weren't secure with who you were in terms of your identity, and you enter a relationship more than likely with someone who also wasn't secure. And conflict becomes the main issue in a relationship. So there are a lot of people who have never been single. And without judgment, I often wonder what that is like. Because there's a certain amount of compromise and you have to accommodate the other person in the relationship. And so if you just go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, like when do you ever get to a point that you get back to zero and reestablish your morals and reestablish your, you know, the parts of you that make you, you, if you're more often than not constantly shape-shifting to appease another person. Cause I'm like, you're not going to tell me that every person that you get into a relationship with automatically lets you be who you are. No, cause I don't believe that. Like I just, I, I don't believe that to be true. So you're constantly engaging and separating, engage, separate, and just taking that pain along with you. I'm inclined to believe that that same version of who you were, that same the same dysfunctional habits that you had in those previous relationships, if you never dealt with those and you never took time to really deal with those things as an individual, they showed up again in that next relationship. And you attributed it to the fact that I always get with the same kind of girl, I always get with the same kind of guy. Like, I don't know why I can't meet nobody different, but when it's really a reality issue, that hasn't changed. And maybe you're just stuck in this mode of familiarity where you're only willing to gravitate certain, certain, towards certain people who exude certain characteristics, and you never really question that. I just... That actually... Um, being stuck in the habit of always being in relationship with somebody makes it almost, in my mind will make it really difficult to establish a, a true sense of identity. Because how do you really know who you are if you're always accommodating other people? Because it's like, think about being stuck in that honeymoon phase over and over and over again where you, you really like this person. And so, you know, what you're inclined to do when you really like somebody, you're inclined to compromise on what you really want for the sake of having that other person in your life. So if you're always going from relationship to the next relationship and so on and so forth, when is there ever a point where you just get to be still and be like, yeah, I don't know if this is a good fit for me or not. How do you know who me really truly is if you're constantly changing self, constantly appeasing and accommodating other people? Let me see what my next point is. Mm. Number five, you go with the flow more often than you speak up for yourself just to avoid conflict. And then um, I know, man, how much that deserves a moment of silence. You compromise on who you are just to avoid conflict. How many times have you heard people, I'm just keeping the peace? 
happy wife, happy life. Like people are have a natural inclination to shrink themselves in relationships just to keep the peace. So that comes with a certain level of ignoring your own feelings. It comes with a certain level of not being able to speak or stand in your own truth. And therefore, how could you ever really, truly be happy with that at the end of it? Now, I, I would want to say that this one is more so, more so geared towards women, even though I know guys do it too. But y'all don't necessarily have to do it as much. You choose, you may choose to, but women, we are automatically expected to be submissive in relationship. And so I feel like there's a certain amount that is automatically required for us to even be allowed to be in relationship with certain men. And so this one is, is definitely for you. How, mu how much or how often do you go with the flow and you don't want to? How often do you say yes when you really want to say no? Like, how consistently do you do that for the sake of your family or your relationship or your, your man? Even though we're really great at it as women. Like, are you getting everything out of that that you desire to get in exchange for shrinking yourself for the sake of your partner? Like, is it satisfying at the end of the day? Because I know sometimes, you know, being selfless and not selfish can have a lot of different rewards if you're with the right person. If you're with a person that does a great job at giving you what you need and also some of what you want, then it's, it's somewhat of a ex, even exchange in that situation. If I'm compromising on myself because my man does a great job at being there for me, listening to me in the meantime, and I just have to like occasionally like, you know, take the back seat, I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. But if it's more of a situation where 80, 90% of the time or for the whole entire relationship you're doing always doing what he wants you to do because you don't feel confident in speaking up or you don't feel like you'll be heard or he maybe is in one way or another gave you the impression that what you have to say is not important to him and so therefore your reaction was to automatically take that off the table like well I know he ain't gonna listen so there's no use in me speaking up. There's no point in me speaking up. That within itself can cause so much depression, so much resentment, so much just whatever the opposite of peace, chaos, internal chaos is what I want to say. Like, and you put on a happy face when you're out in public and you smile and look good for the camera and, you know, you, you be a good partner. And then you never really end up getting what you want. I just want to break that habit of going with the flow because I just, 
the only time I go with the flow is if it's my flow that I'm going with. Like, I have to be honest. Like, or it's a flow that is parallel with my flow. Like, if I'm with somebody else, like, my personality, first and foremost, is too strong for me to be doing that. Like, there are going to be so many internal alarms that go off when I'm doing too much of what the other person's want. It person wants. It's going to get to a point where I'm, A, going to self-isolate. I know me. I'm going to create a lot of distance between you and I because I'm, I'm going to feel like I'm not being heard. Number one. Number two, um, you, you won't be hearing from me a whole lot. Um, and number three, I'm either going to ghost you or, you know, just flat out just cut you off. Because this is not, it's just like a, when you separate... <laughs> It was like a little amoeba organism. They get split off. That is me. That's what I do with my feelings for you when I'm not getting enough of what I need in a relationship. I don't have um, a natural default, a natural tendency to default towards just shrinking myself and just learning. Mm -mm. No, no, not this one. Nope. I sure don't. Um, the minute this relationship starts to become more about you than it is about me, that's when I, I had to put them the two, the two fingers for you. Those deuces come up. Like, I can't. I'm not going to be here. What is the point? For me, in my mind, what is the point of being with somebody if it's always about them? If I'm not getting what I want out of it, if it's not an even exchange to some degree or close to even... What is the point of me being with you? Like, I don't get to be happy too? Why, why do you go with the flow? Why are you doing things that you don't want to do? Are you doing that because you feel like it's necessary in order to get what you want? Which is deception, and it's a lie. And it's something that I feel like a lot of women haven't dealt with. It's a, hab it's a very toxic habit that we have. That says, I have to give you all of me. And I have to go so far and put my life out on the line. I have to make it, let me make it plain here. I have to stay with you for 12 years to get a ring. I have to be with you and show you that I'm a wife and do everything that I'm supposed to do and still be okay with the fact that you're not doing even half of what you're supposed to be doing as my man. Who said that? And why do we do that? And this is not me chiming into some type of like feminism, women's empowerment kind of thing. It's not that. It's just me just trying to encourage women to wake up. Because I see you on social media. I see you complaining. I see the memes. Those little snide remarks. All those picture texts. Those, there's, those words. Those memes. Those... All those quotes that so many women take the time to post, I know what that is. I know what it is. And you know what it is, too. That is your version of speaking up. That is an indirect version of you trying to stand up for yourself. But instead of you saying it to your man and sitting him down and having a full-on conversation face-to-face -to, -face to say, baby, listen, I'm not getting enough of what I need from you. And that has to change because if it doesn't change, I don't really think um, that I want to be with you anymore. That's never said.
or if it is sad, it's sad years later. After 16 years, <laughs> that's an exaggeration, after five years and maybe a, a kid, then you start to really get your confidence up and say, I'm not getting enough of what I want. But then by that time, you've already given so much of yourself to where if you did leave, he probably wouldn't be that messed up with it because you never really stood up for yourself in the first place. And he may have lost interest a long time ago. And he may be have waiting on an out in a relationship in the first place. You don't speak up for yourself enough in the beginning. You go, the habit that I see more often than not is I've had a lot of female friends ask me for advice. I ask them the same thing. So how did a relationship start? When you, were, when you guys were dating, did you take the time to really explore and listen to him to see where he wanted his life to go? Because like I just said earlier, a man's heart is basically going to determine the, the trajectory of your relationship and his desires for his life. Because you submit, ultimately, you submit to him. So where or when or did you even take the time to listen to him up front to see where he was going before you decided to sleep with him, before you decided to enter a relationship with him? Like, where was he headed if you didn't take the time to consider that and you jumped into a relationship with him, you automatically just started exchanging intimacy with him, getting attached to him, becoming one with him in a way that really you should only do with your husband and a man who's really to, ready to make that full commitment to you. What was your motivation for jumping into his flow? Why did you submit? How did you get there? Did you get there because you wanted your happily ever after? And you automatically assumed, not because he said necessarily, or he promised, maybe. Because, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of men and women, too, who tell you what you want to hear one time or a few times before they really lock it in before they sleep with you. Or they may use that as, um, what is it? Per, a mode of persuasion to get you to, to submit to them. And then once you start, man, I tell you what, cause I've been there. Once you start sleeping with this person, once you experience that pleasure of the other person, nine chances out of 10, you keep going with that flow because that's where you started. And you just keep hoping in the back of your mind that eventually this will become what you want it to be. Because, well, they said they love me. They said they wanted to be with me. Why wouldn't they give me what they wanted? This is the, the conversation you're having with self in your mind. But meanwhile, your partner never promised you that you were going to get what you wanted. Why? Because you never spoke up about it. You may not have known what you wanted. You just automatically assumed that it was going to work out. If I go with the flow, it'll work out. It'll be okay. I'm happy with you now, kind of, sometimes a little bit, occasionally. Right? 
and you just assumed. But I'm gonna give thought, get off that and um, <laughs> keep on moving. And I touched on this just now. I said you, my number four was you get invested and attached to a person that has very little desire to be what you need them to be. Like, I think that people really don't check in with self before you start. We start entering relationships. We don't check in enough to say, "What negative habits do I have? What?" Um, what's the word I want to use? Generational things. Generationally, what did my mama have a tendency to do in relationship? What did my daddy have a tendency to do in a relationship? What did I see when I was coming up as a child? What did I encounter from my parental figures and my aunts and uncles and whatever, aunties, whoever, adults around me what kind of non-verbal communications did I soak up that I am now unconsciously practicing in my relationships we don't check in to see about that I can say probably more often than not you see a person get involved with a person start learning a person after you've gotten involved try to change this person spend years trying to change this person you change yourself to influence the other person to change that doesn't work x amount of years later you get to your breaking point you separate look back realize how much time you spent together get back together Realize <laughs> why you left. <laughs> Break up again and then go get with another person that's just like your ex because you missed the familiarity. If I'm wrong, cool. Let me know. But that's what I see. And why does that happen? Because we really don't check our habits. We don't check in with self. We don't understand why we decide and make the decisions that we do we automatically say things like I just haven't met the right person yet I just ain't met the one yet that's why I'm not happy I just ain't it's always somebody else's fault it's never the fact that you know I have a lot of habits that I picked up from people who aren't together anymore I picked up a lot of bad habits from people that I observed in relationships just because they've been married for 50 years, but they've been miserable for 49 of those 50. You don't check in. You just totally look past the fact that your dad and your mom really didn't love each other that much, and you basically recreated that same unhappy relationship in your current life. You are honest about the things that should not have happened in front of you. You never had those conversations with your parental figures to say, why'd you stay so long? Why'd you, why'd you put up with that? Why did you feel, as a child, speaking from the child's perspective, why did you feel that staying together with my dad even or my mom, even though they weren't making you happy, and they probably didn't have the capacity to do so, why did you feel like that was the best thing 
to stay with them just for my sake? Why not listen to how you you were feeling sooner? Why not check in with you and say, you know what? That's your dad. At one point in time, we were in love, but it really wasn't serving me to stay in that relationship, and so I left. Why not? Why don't we have these conversations with our people? Why do we wait until years later to start doing more of those things that we feel are important to us? Or why do we stay in relationships and maintain our relationships for the kids and then compromise on our character and cheat? And teach our kids even more bad habits? Why is my question. Do we do it? Like, why do we do it so easily without thinking? It's like a mindless decision that we make. Well, I've been with her or him for 10 years, so you don't just walk away. Why don't you? (laughs) Why not? It's my question. Why not? Why why can't you? Just walk away. If you're not happy, if it's not serving you, if it doesn't resonate with who you are, if it doesn't bring you closer to God, if it doesn't bring you closer and um, help you get more grounded in self, why do you stay? Leave a comment, email me, let me know. Because I'm, I, don't, I don't understand it. The going with the flow. The... Being so willing to get invested in this person has nothing like you. That doesn't love you better than anybody you've been with. I know probably what it is, probably the sex. Because, man, I don't know what it is. Like, you, you have some great sex with people who are terrible for you. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess the enemy just, you know, he knew what he was doing with that. But it's weird. And then the sex is probably non-existent at some point, I would, I, I would assume, because, you know, just the way, just knowing how women are built. It comes a point of being with a woman that she gets so upset with you, she starts to put it on lockdown. She gets so upset with you, she gets turned off at the thought of sex with you. It happens. And then you cheat again. Like... I don't want to get too far off of my tangent, but just, that's my question. Why do you get so invested in people? Why are you so willing to get invested? I guess, and this is just an epiphany I just had, because you want it so bad. You want the idea of a relationship so bad that you feel like rushing into this or putting all your energy into this thing and make not making a, um, a sound decision taking a chance and stepping out on faith with no evidence that your hopes are going to come to fruition is the best thing for you. And you get stuck. And then you do spend years there. And then you do have some great times and make some good memories with this person, but it still doesn't change the fact that this isn't going to work out. And you spend a lot of time trying to pick up the pieces Depending on 
when that relationship is over. Like, I'm one of those people <clears throat> that people just randomly open up to and confide in. And so, like, when I'm speaking on my podcast and having conversations with people, I have a huge array, a huge variety of conversations that I've had with people, like, over the years. I remember this one time with this one lady. I don't know why this just came to mind. I used to work at this one specific place for like five or six years and I was an aircraft mechanic and I would always we shared the same bathroom I didn't know this lady from Mechanic Paint she was older like at the time I was like 1920s she was like had to be somewhere late 40s early mid 50s anywhere whenever I used to go and I used to kind of like you know, when, when we see each other in the bathroom, we had, like, chairs in our bathroom. It was, like, a couch in there. It was, like, one of those, like, uh, family-owned places where it was just different, real chill, no work got done. <laughs> so I would walk in the bathroom with this lady, like, and she would be on her phone with her husband just having these, like, knockout, dragout arguments for minutes at a time. And I'm here, I am just sitting in the stall just, like, <laughs> listening to this, like... I'm just waiting for this lady to walk out so she doesn't feel awkward at the fact that I'm going to come out the stall washing my hands and, you know, the fact that I heard everything that was being said. And I remember after, like, quite a while, she would, like, of course, try to play it off and say something in conversation, like, don't ever get married. Don't ever, don't ever stay with a man. Do what makes you happy. Like, and she just start pouring into me these, this, these, pieces of advice that I never solicited or asked for <clears throat> but I just kind of thought to myself like you know she told me that she had been married for over 30 years and it just obviously stuck with me and I remember, remember one time one of the last conversations I had with her that I can remember she was she was in tears after having that conversation with her husband and she was just like you know we're getting a divorce. And she was, it was, um, I don't know how to describe it. She, she was, it seemed like a feeling of relief, but regret at the same time. And I, I don't know what that's like, because I've, of course, never been, I'm not that old, but yet, but I haven't been with anybody that long to understand what that must be like to be about to walk away from a relationship that you've been in for the majority of your life as an adult. Like, people do this all the time. People stay with people for way too long and then it's not until you're like 40 or 50 or sometimes mid-30s, depending on how long you were married, that you realize that this ain't going to work. And that, man, that is the whole reason why I wanted to take time to do this. Like, start listening to you. Life is short, man. I lost a few people last year. I lost, we all lost some people last year. People got sick and life got real. Life is too short for you to be out here with somebody that, doesn't have an interest in what you have and have interest in and doesn't love you the way that you want to be loved let's just make it let's keep it real and let's take all this other stuff off the table 
You don't have to stay unhappy in these relationships. Nobody, nobody, the God isn't even, even though the Bible says, you know, that God doesn't like divorce. That's true. But at the end of the day, he will forgive you for that, man. Like, there is nothing saying that you have to be miserable in a relationship. You chose to marry that person. The Bible does say that what God has put together, let no man separate. But God didn't put y'all together. If I may drop the mic right there necessarily you chose to get to step into a relationship with this person whenever you did for whatever the reasons you did but you're allowed to wake up one day and change your mind and start over and rebuild your life the way it needs to be built because like when you get ready to take your last breath I don't know what that's like but I would think that you would need to be able to look back on your life with me and say I did everything or almost everything that I wanted to do. I tried it. I traveled. I loved. I had a kid, if that's what you want. I got my degree. I saved $10,000. I paid off my credit. I had fun. I swam in the ocean. I went to Hawaii. I spent more time with my family and my friends. Do what makes you happy first. Get a lot of that in as an individual. Do you and be okay with doing you. So by the time that you do enter a relationship and you got to start compromising and thinking about another person and checking in and putting your knees on a back burner, you can look back and be like, you know what? I had my time. I goofed off. I did some dumb stuff. I made my mistakes, but I didn't hurt nobody. I didn't cheat on nobody because I took time when I was single to do single things, to live my singleness out, to go and do what I wanted to do on my own terms. And I didn't come into a relationship trying to drag somebody along and force them to live on terms that do not resonate with them as an individual. Do you, do you first, then step into a relationship. Getting to my next point before I go too far. You don't value humility and you don't understand the connection between selflessness and commitment, just like I said a minute ago. In relationship, the way it's designed, you're supposed to Focus on the other person's needs. Put your neighbor before you put yourself, in other words. To become one flesh. That's the design of a relationship. And so all that me, 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 and what I want, it's there. But so much to a, a lesser degree. Because now you're agreeing with those vows in relationship. I'm going to speak on marriage, not situationships, because that's the design, right? In marriage, you promise to have and to hold, to love and to cherish, through sickness and through health, till death do you part. You are vowing to take on the needs of the other person as your own. Not one time did it say, well, if you don't make me happy, it's cool if I cheat. 
Well, if you don't make me happy, I can leave. Marriage is real. And if you ain't ready to get marriage and give a marriage-level commitment to somebody, then leave them alone. Best advice I could give you. If you're fooling with people who, in your mind, you would never marry, stop wasting your time. Stop. Stop trying to fool yourself into believing that this person is, well, it's going to work out. Oh, it's going to eventually get, we get, mm-mm. Who told you that lie? You may not ever get there. You got to be a pro at growing if you're going to make a wager like that. Next point. You don't have people in your life that are telling you the truth and holding you accountable. You get what you want whenever you want it, and you have no real reason to grow and be better. People don't see that as a problem. It's, it becomes so much about what you want and what you desire that you don't see that you're spoiling yourself. And you're basically making it impossible for you to be happy in a relationship. Because in a relationship, you don't always get what you want. You don't. You compromise. You do. You have a. If you have a, 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 you have aspirations to have a family, or you have children, you get a little bit of what you want. You spend more time trying to be, do what the kids need to be done. You gotta work. You got your partner. You gotta. You gotta fit it in. The bigger the family you have, the less you get what you need on a regular basis. And so, be it that we are the ones that get to decide who we're going to marry and who we're going to be with. Again, I stress, why would you choose to be with a person that doesn't resonate with who you are? It's putting yourself in a bad position. You're not hurting nobody else but you. Ain't nobody being real with you. Nobody's ever being. But you have to, in order to be real with somebody... You got to care about them. I know it's a bunch of people hanging around each other, being friends, quote unquote, that will see you making a horrible decision and let you do it because they don't care. And to some people, that I guess that can be um, construed as support. But don't, if you see me about to walk off the edge of a cliff, stop me. Stop me if I'm if I'm about to be with somebody if I'm choosing somebody that you can see with your two eyes like this is not a good look. That's not hating. Or you can see that this other person that I'm choosing to be with is gonna ruin me. It's gonna cheat on me and not and you see them mistreat me and you're not gonna say nothing. How is that support? As a family member, as my blood. Don't ever let me do something that you know good and well and that don't sit right with you. But you got people and families that's related to each other, not saying a word, just coming to the wedding, going to the engagement party, going with the flow. He'll learn. She'll learn. She'll figure it out. You can't get your time back, babe. Like, or have you ever asked that question? Maybe that's it. Have you ever allowed your family and your, your close friends to really weigh in on your decisions to say, hey, I mean, the ones that you like, your ace boom coons, the ones that you trust, the ones that you have a pretty um, open and honest communication with. Let me, let me fix that. Because I ain't saying just go ask anybody. Have you given people 
the ability to weigh in the ones who really truly love you like your mama and your daddy to say like how do you think this person is gonna do for me like do you do you think this is a good decision for me to be with them like even on in a relationship do you think she he right for me she right for me whatever it is like be honest tell me the truth and be willing to listen they might be able to save you some time just saying because I don't want somebody around me I don't want a bunch of yes people around me I'm gonna I'm a fall off a cliff I'm gonna be very unhappy because everybody that's just gonna tell me yes they're not telling me what's best for me they're not they're not going to encourage me to make the right decisions they're not gonna not gonna hold me accountable and ultimately it's gonna lead to my unhappiness in the end without going too far and my number one reason why people end up unhappy I said you keep telling yourself to stick it out in a relationship with somebody in hopes of that one day wager and that one day never comes you keep shrinking self you keep pushing your feelings down you keep dealing with stuff what's that um song when a woman's fed up you don't get fed up soon enough and then you waste all this time waste all that energy you get invested in, in the wrong one I don't know mm. I done been with somebody I wasn't supposed to be with before but I don't know what that's like to be with somebody for three four five ten plus years and poured my heart I don't know what that's like because to me when I hear that I automatically just kind of assert in my spirit that that has to be a person who's not in tune with themselves. That's not a person that's living and walking in their truth. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be easy for you to stay with somebody four and five and 10 plus years and keep shrinking yourself. There's an issue with you and your heart and your inner, inner self. You shouldn't be letting people just string you along and drag you along. I know how tempting it is to blame the other person and say, oh, he or she did me wrong. Baby, you stayed along for that ride. You didn't leave. You kept on keeping on. You kept forgiving. You saw the dynamic. You saw what they were giving you. You saw the kind of person that they wanted to be, and you kept keeping on. You stayed I don't, I can't give people a whole lot of sympathy when that's the vibe, when that's the situation. It's just like, to me, you can clock into a job for 20 or 30 years where you don't make enough money. You got to keep three and four or five different jobs to make ends meet because you won't let this one go. That's not serving you. That's what I see when I see people cheating and infidelity and you got, I don't know how many side chicks or side dudes I just have a hard time believing that it's you, you're doing all that because you didn't know that you weren't with the right person. You knew. You just didn't want to face the truth. You didn't want to have to suffer the loss. You didn't want to have to separate from what you've been attached to for so long. Say that. But don't sit up here and say you didn't have no idea and I, I, the person I got with, you just changed. No. People don't change like that. You see what you want to see in these relationships. 
You stay because you choose to stay. I don't care how sad you want to make this sob story. When you still with them, that's when I tune you out. You chose to stay. You chose to build a life with a person that you knew wasn't in tune with who you were as an individual. That wasn't giving you enough of what you needed. You chose to stick to a person and put their needs before yours and just put yours outside the door. You chose to stay. So in conclusion, I appreciate you guys joining me on this podcast. I know I gave you a lot to think about. If you got to replay this, replay it. I'm going to close out in prayer. Lord God, I thank you for another day. Thank you for clarity. I thank you for having a platform where I can speak my truth and have people tune in. And I I pray that people learn from this. I pray that people benefit from this and that um, you continue to impart your knowledge to me, Father. And even to my listeners, as I pray, Lord, encourage them to reach out. Um, if you have any questions, I know I'm in the middle of the prayer. Let me finish this prayer and then I'll give you the email. And I just felt led to give you the email. But Lord, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your guidance. And I thank you for your mercy and your grace. And I thank you for your wisdom. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So before I get too far off from that mindset and that prayer, the best thing you could ever do before you start in your singleness you should accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior and allow and ask God in to fix the posture of your heart and to give you a clean heart and to take away your desire for the wrong thing because until you do that, you're going to get a lot of what you don't want and you're going to end up unhappy. And I'm just, just take my word for it as a person who spent a lot of time getting it wrong. Now that I've finally given my life to Christ in a real way and he has fixed my morals, he has balanced my standards, he has balanced my emotion and balanced my way of thinking, my satisfaction with my life is so much greater. And my satisfaction with other people and my friendships and my family, I'm having such a better experience in my life in general in comparison to the, the experience that I was having before. It is just a significant difference of peace and joy and happiness and contentment. I have relationships. I have a relationship right now. I don't brag about it, but I haven't had a relationship for quite a while now and I'm really happy with it. And I've learned that the things that make me the happiest are the things that I have to stay the quietest about. Those are the things that you can't put on blast. If you have something that's working for you, keep keep it right here. It ain't none of nobody's business. At the end of the day, aside from that, my relationship with Christ had to come before my relationship with another person. Because God had to fix me, he had to fix my mind, he had to correct me in a lot of different ways. And then if you not you haven't done that, I just I really want to lift you up in prayer right now because I I don't know how long that's going to work for you or if it's even working right now. The best thing you could ever do is keep God first. Get familiar with his commandments. Get familiar with who he says that you are. 
and go from there. Make Christ your foundation. That's the best advice I can give you. So I thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And um, if you want to reach out to me, my email address is dme.yassss at gmail.com. That's dme.yass <laughs> at gmail.com. As always, I appreciate you listening and I love you guys. Until next time, over and out, y'all be easy and be safe. Take care. I'm out.